Tom News Radio 570 WKVN and Ron Ferb 507 here in the afternoon. And so time now for the legal show. We'll serve up some free legal advice. Any legal problem you might have, pick up the phone, give us a call. 729-9977. 729-9977-729-9977. I have two lines in Youngstown open. Any issue you have as far as the law, 729-9977. We'll get you through to us. 729-9977. We'll get you through to us. Stepping up tonight, microphone number one. Because he is number one, quite frankly. That's why I strategically place him at microphone number one. To me, he's the dean over there in Pennsylvania. Uh, One of the greatest litigators, illegal minds that you can ever come across. And a first-class individual from the Keystone State of Pennsylvania, Attorney Carl Moses. Nice to see you. The only reason you're saying that is I'm the only lawyer in the room today. Yes, because uh, uh, truth be told, Attorney DeVecchio showed up and he said he wasn't (laughs) feeling well. And we threw him out, right? We physically <laughs> yeah. got him out of here. Right, yes. right. See, folks, i got to tell you, and that's why I love Moses, incidentally, and I don't hide it. The, you know, my studio is like an airplane, okay? This is like a, this is like an airplane in here, okay? I mean, it is a sealed room, right, Moses? When yes. you come in, it's like opening of, how would we describe this? It's like opening a vault door when you come in here, obviously. I mean, it's a, uh, a temperature-controlled room with a heavy door, right, David? Am I describing this uh, properly? That's, uh, also soundproof. Uh, soundproofing. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are with uh, with this. It's a very nice, it's a, it's a very, very nice studio that we're in here. Uh, it's very nice. Uh, it's safe. It's safe, right? I mean, soundproofing on the walls. It's uh, a beautiful glass between you and I for glass protection. Be- glass between me and uh, you, the engineer. Glass between me and the lobby. Uh, incidentally, bulletproof. Just so you know, what color would you say that wall is over there? That soundproofing, Moses. Uh, like a green, but yes. it's like a light green or yes. whatever it is. Yes. But uh, yeah. but 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 it's very nice here. But it is uh, like hermetically sealed as a result of it. You know what I mean? So there's some air that comes in. You know the, the air conditioning and and what have you. But not uh, so. If you come in here, it's like getting on an airplane. If you come in and you're not feeling well. It's like you you know, get everyone sick on an airplane. So when so this DeVecchio came in and said, well, I'm not feeling well, what happened? We chased him out promptly, and I'm very impressed with you, Ron, because Ron's <laughs> verb got his Clorox. Cleanups, and, yes. And has completely uh, sanitized the inner room here. Correct. Thank you. Correct. The door handles and everything, you know what I mean? And I love Mark DeVecchio, but if you're sick, you can't be here. That's just uh, how it goes. Oh. Yeah, your daily routine. All right. Moses, thank you for being here. I appreciate it a great deal. What I, do, what I don't do to keep this man healthy. And uh, Moses is uh, seriously a brilliant attorney. I mean, if you have a legal question, call him. And we start with Vicky. Vicky, you're on with one of the sharpest legal minds I've uh, had the honor to know. Carl Moses, go hi, ahead. Hi, Vicki. Hi there. Um, so my question is, uh, well, I'll tell you a little, a little story here. So I paid an attorney... Um, when I filed for Chapter 13 uh, bankruptcy five years ago, um, I was recently notif- notified by the attorney that they did not pay two of the creditors that was named in the bankruptcy. Um, and so now I get, I get these letters, and I'm being assessed um, late charges and interest on these two loans. Um, one was over $3,000, the other over $2,000 on top of the amount of the loan. Oh, your penalties are three thousand and two thousand plus the amount you owe, correct? That's correct. So yeah, we've got like a total of about thirteen thousand dollars. What were the loans so, for? 
Um, they were student loans, but they were, and, and I understand that student loans are kind of iffy. They're, you um, cannot with, declare you know, bankruptcy, bankruptcy on student Right. Student loans, are, you cannot declare bankruptcy on student loans. Okay, Here. so. <clears throat> that, that, no, I'm sorry. No, I, I was just going to say to Moses, just if, if you have student loans, that the, they are not ones that you can declare a bankruptcy or walk away from. You've, well, first, I'm not an expert in bankruptcy. I have done some bankruptcies years ago, mm-hmm. and. <clears throat> Let me ask you a couple of questions. Okay. Uh, it sounds like you are telling me that uh, the final order in the bankruptcy was to discharge those particular loans. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. They, um, yes. They're, and there's those a, were the two loans that were di- that were discharged. All the everything else was, you know, they were able to discharge. No, th- those loans weren't discharged. But the student loans, everything else was discharged. That's correct. That's correct. Right, because you can't discharge them. Right. So, so what is your complaint now? Well, I just, I, I guess I'm just concerned. I'm not concerned. I just, I'm upset because I was never really notified. I mean, I was notified that these were non-dischargeable loans. I, I knew how that worked, but I, I was under the impression they were paying for, you know, putting some sort of payment towards those over the last five years. Well, first, um, first of all. All of a sudden, here I, you know, I have the. All right, slow down, slow down. Sure. Uh, As I recall, I think a chapter thirteen. It's a chapter thirteen bankruptcy. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh huh. As I recall, that is the type of bankruptcy where the court enters an order allowing uh, a allowing payments over a period of time from you to satisfy the debts even though those payments may not equal the total amount of the debts. Right. Is that what happened? Were you making payments? No. No, well, I was not making payments. And Well, I'm asking um, you, was that part of, was that the order, though, allowing you to make payments? And, and, no. I mean, I, my, no. My impression was that I was, um, that that was going to be a part of, the bankruptcy and that I, I was never told to make payments. I never got any kind of notice from anybody saying you need to make a payment or anything like that. All right. I might be confusing a chapter 13 with a chapter 11. I know a chapter seven completely discharges dischargeable debts. Mm-hmm. Uh, now chapter right. 13, uh, I can't remember exactly how that works. My recommendation would be go back to your lawyer and, and uh, ask your lawyer. Can I ask you a couple of questions just to, to pick sure. on you a little bit, Vicky? Sure. And I'm going to pick on you a little bit. That's okay. All right. And here's how I'm going to pick on you. I just remind people of the following thing, and I'm not picking on, I don't want you to do this. Anytime you declare bankruptcy, you know, mm-hmm. when you borrow money, somebody lent it to you. So when you declare bankruptcy, the person who lent it to you gets screwed. I mean, basically, because right. they're not going to get their money. Let's start right. with that. I and I always say... They can get some of their money but if, not it's, a all. Cha- if right. it's a certain chapter, yes. Yeah, but not all. all in many right. cases, Usually not all not. of it. Yes. See, I'm from mm-hmm. the philosophy of... Of people declare bankruptcy and walk away from it. Well, the guy that lent the money is screwed. I mean, he he mm-hmm. takes a hit. Many times, it can affect businesses and companies. Just a quote from the internet here: uh, When it comes to student loans, the reality is that unless you can show an extreme hardship where you will never work again and have attempted to pay back the loans and cannot, the likelihood is that bankruptcy won't be an option. As a result, the general advice given is that student loans are not dischargeable in bankruptcy, which is what I've heard from the, for the longest time. Uh, that's probably why they weren't discharged in the initial thing that he was doing. But there could uh-huh. be, 
it depends on, usually with any statute, there could be an exception or with most statutes. What you ought to do is go back to your lawyer. You had a lawyer, correct? Um, yes, I do. And um, she, she basically just tells me that she's sorry that I didn't get the correct information initially and that I just need to go ahead and pay the bill. Right. So, so, she's, so, so she's basically telling you they can't do anything with those. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I put out to anybody out there listening if they have any uh, comments that they want to pass along to you on that. But in general, those are, those are not uh, dischargeable, as, as you will. But you got rid of your other debt, right? Right, right. And, and I'm very happy about that, obviously. I, just, um, I guess I would have liked to have known um, maybe if, if I had the option to pay on those over the last five years so that I at least wouldn't have occurred the, you know, the interest and all of that. Well, did you get a copy of the court order? Um, I, pro- I don't know. I probably do have that in all of my paperwork. I mean, I have. Well, go back I and know. review it. I, I would yeah. guess. I would guess that the court order would probably itemize what items are going to be discharged and what items are not going to be discharged. So, mm-hmm. okay. I mean, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, News Radio 570 WKBN. Anybody else out there got any input on that? 729-9977. 729-9977 will get you through to us. Legal questions, three lines in Youngstown, 729-9977 for Attorney Carl Moses uh, here. But that is one of the things when they say, you know, their student debt is a huge problem in our country, and people have huge, I mean, not unusual to see 100000 200000 but that is something that you just cannot uh, discharge in bankruptcy. That's one of those things. I, I am just uh, Googling Chapter 13 Bankruptcy Basics, and I was correct. It's, it's the type of bankruptcy that provides for adjustment of debts of an individual with regular income and allows a debtor to keep property and pay debts over time, usually three to five years. However, as Ron Verb wisely um, indicated, and I haven't gone on to research this further, and I recall the same thing, usually, uh, generally, uh, student loan debts are not dischargeable. But there could be an exception depending on the statute. Very difficult, though. Yes. News Radio 570 WKBN. Dora, you're on with uh, the great one, Carl Moses. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hi, Dory. Fine, thank you. Good. I have a question about possibly... um, probate maybe i'm not sure where it belongs but anyway long story short i had a mother-in-law who passed away um almost 10 years ago and i have uh in-laws multiple brothers and sisters-in-law and they said their house her mother's house never had to go into probate but it's still in her mother's name and it's been many years how are they going to sell that unless there's some kind of a transfer on death thing going on there that I'm not aware of. Do you have any insight? She oh, say, again, say the question again. She died. Selling. Was she married when she died? No, she was a widow when she passed away. All right, and the house is in her name. And who has the house now? So Moses understands. The house is still in her name. However, um, several children still live in it. Adult children, of course. All right, but it's still in her name, and the taxes are in her name. So you're saying so, if, yes. if they go to sell it, they can't they can't sell it because she's dead basically because they I, never probated it. Yeah, they got a big problem. Yeah, that's well, that's what I understand. Hang, hang on. Maybe, go ahead, Moses. Go ahead. There would have to be an estate opened 
and an administrator appointed, uh, and that administrator would be the one who would have the uh, legal right to sell it. Now, you may not have all the facts unless you have the deed in front of you to know for sure whether it's solely in her name. Is it solely in her name or is it in multiple names? I have been told that nothing has been changed on the deed. It is still in her name. I don't mean changed. I mean, originally, was it just in her name alone? It was in hers and her husband's, but he passed away. And she never changed it to put it in her name and in her kids' names if she dies? She It's in her name, but it's not in any of her kids' names. Okay. And she has died. All right, so the answer is if... if if it's solely, if it was solely in her name at the time of her death, mm-hmm. then and, and another question: Did she have a will? I know? believe she did. Yes. And if she had a will, she would have appointed an administrator uh, to um, yeah. administrate the estate, and right. uh, and she would also name heirs in the will. But the answer to your question is: In order to sell it, there would have to be a, an administrator that is a representative of the estate and that representative would be appointed by the court and that representative would then have the authority to uh, transact business for the estate and one of the items of business would be to consider selling the, the real estate now it doesn't have to be sold there can be different types of arrangements uh, but that administrator or representative would be in charge of that transaction okay there, there's there's, you know, I'm, I'm just the outlaw, as we call ourselves, and I may not have all the information. It just seems that it's been a long time, and, you know, she hadn't, when my mom passed away, I had to go through probate and all that good stuff. So I just wondered if they would, if that is something that is regulated by law, or if there are other things in place that they can bypass probate. Well, actually, uh, they, one of the ways that they would have been forced into doing something would be, Usually the inheritance tax department notifies the heirs at the time of a death. They want to know if there are assets because obviously taxes might have to be paid. Right. It sounds like they're going to have to probate it to sell it, okay? Don't know. I'll find out, I guess. Thank you for your time. We'll be back. All right. Centers for Hearing Care. Dr. Schobel's uh, on my line, and uh, I think she's going to be on a show with me tonight at 6, right? I am. I'm actually on my way over there now. Well, take your time. It isn't for 40 minutes yet, Doc. And I'm coming from Howland. Oh, okay. Well, watch those speed cameras out there. All right, so the Centers for Hearing Care has a pretty cool uh, test drive program when it comes to hearing aids. They check your hearing, see what the deficiency is. If you need hearing aids, then tell folks what you do. You give them options, right, Doc? You let them pick what kind of hearing aid they would like to try. And then they get to take it home for a few weeks, completely risk-free. And see if it likes, see if they like it. And if they don't, can they try another one? They absolutely can. They can try any different kind of hearing aid that they would like to. And that's all at the Centers for Hearing Care. They call it the Test Drive Program. So if you're interested, I give Dr. Schobel and uh, the entire crew at the Centers for Hearing Care a call. Try the Boardman office uh, first. They'll direct you the one closest to you, whether it's Holland, Salem, wherever. What's the phone number? It's 330-726-3339. All right. Thank you, Doc. Look forward to seeing you. Centers for Hearing Care. Storm Team 27 forecast. 
Osa says it was windy out there, spitting some snowflakes, obviously. Low tonight down to 25 with snow. Maybe an inch to three in my neck of the woods here. More in the snow belt. For tomorrow, 40% chance of snow showers early. 34 for a high. Dry Saturday and 36. Sunday should be dry in 38. Chance of snow on Monday in 33. Chance of snow on Tuesday, 40% chance in 32. Chance of snow on Wednesday in 33. Right now, it's 29, so it's going to stay cold. News Radio 570 WKBN. Let's go next. Here's uh, James. you got a comment for Attorney Moses. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, this is for the uh, the guy who deals with the divorces. Uh, yes, is go ahead. Yeah. In today. Well, he's not, but Moses is here, and Moses knows, every, Moses knows right, everything. Go I'll ahead. do the best I can, James. All right. Well, well I've got a friend uh, who's in a, a marriage, um, has a couple kids, and um, things aren't exactly going the way he expected. But, uh, you know, he, he doesn't want a divorce, I don't think, because he has young kids. And um, But, you know, I, I guess he's not, you know, being treated the way that he thought he should be. And he just has this bad feeling that, you know, down the road, possibly there could be a divorce. What uh, can you give any advice to, to somebody in a situation like that? What should they what should they do? So if this does happen, if a guy's in a relationship where he thinks it may not last forever, what could he do to um, make sure that uh, he's prepared for it to happen? You know, maybe financially. And, all right. Uh, so, all right. So all right. So how would the guy open a Swiss bank account, hide his income immediately, right? Yeah, Just teasing. There are two things. Uh, number one, he might want to talk to a counselor uh, in in the sense of uh, trying to keep the marriage together. That's number one. Number okay. two, uh, I think what he ought to do is go to a lawyer who practices in family uh, law, including divorce, and uh, like uh, 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 our firm, Mark DeVecchio, and get advice as to, uh, uh, and, and bring with you to the, bring with him to the meeting uh, a list of all of his assets, his income, uh, anything relating to finances and assets, and get get advice. And In the bottom line, this so Moses, and uh, from listening to Devecchio, that uh, that you know when he says prepare for it. Well, the best thing the best thing that he can do if it comes is try to reach a disillusionment. Right, that's much cheaper usually than a divorce if they could both agree on it. Right. Yes. I mean, you know, if they okay. can agree that and you're you know, talking about Ohio now in Pennsylvania, it's not called a disillusion, but Ohio, okay, right, uh, like a disillusionment, as opposed to divorce, where you know they 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 sit down and agree to divide stuff up. How many kids are there? Uh, three. Right. So child support's going to be based on the guidelines in Ohio. It's going to say how much do you make, how much does she make? Here's what you pay, and uh, then custody will be. Uh, in an issue, who has shared parenting, or who has who makes the medical decisions? Yeah. So not only now, finances, what, but but things, uh, uh, What about um, as far as retirement? Would you would you ex- expect somebody to up their uh, retirement savings from maybe if they were saving eight percent out of every paycheck, if they upped it to twelve percent or something like that? Would that be a, a something to think about? Well, this is another question to pose to the lawyer who handles this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, retirement yeah. would be part of the settlement. Yeah, sure. This is part it's of not the, exempt. The, this this is part of the asset, uh, the the number of assets that the person owns, the retirement funds, and uh, 
So we're talking about financial and we're talking about children. Uh, we're talking about things that Ron Verb just mentioned. Those are all things that he ought to write down before he goes to the lawyer's office. And uh, so he has notes to talk to the lawyer about and then get advice. But uh, but, so. but the bottom line is this. His child support is going to be determined by his income and her income in the, in the guidelines. We know that much. And we also know... Right. That they're going to have the court is going to, or if they can reach an agreement on who has custody and all that kind of stuff. And what was the uh, oh, retirement's part of a divorce thing, depending on how long you've been married. It's an that asset. Portion of them. Yeah, it's, it's an, an asset. asset. You, can't, yeah. you can't say, I'm going to put it 12% in retirement and she can't touch it. That, yeah, it depends on, uh, on how, that, how that retirement fund accumulated. Did it accumulate while they were married or before they were married? So uh, there are lots of questions that, has to, ha, that have to be posed. Here's my best advice. Are you ready, caller? Ready. Cheaper to keeper. Cheaper to keeper. <laughs> All right. Thanks okay. for your call. Thank All you. right. It's News Radio 570 WKVN. We'll be right back. This is the Ron Verb Show on News Radio 570 WKBN. It's the legal show on News Radio 570 WKBN. Attorney Carl Moses here taking your legal questions, 729 9977. You got a legal question, pick up the phone, give Moses a call, 729 9977. Legal show brought to you by Beatrice Kopp and Harshman. And uh, uh, two things just to. Uh, back up on basically what that guy's trying to say is you know if he's going to get a divorce what should he prepare for there's a, you know there's no way that you're going to be able to hide your assets if you will i mean you know there's obviously if there's a divorce she's going to know about a lot of them and she's going to have an attorney too right that's going to and yes uh, yes i agree with that and uh, and a lot of people uh, think that there can be a simple answer to a very complicated question uh, law is not simple. It is complicated, and that's why I advised him, go to a lawyer with notes, with your assets, with your finances, with uh, all the facts, who the children are, their ages, et cetera, et cetera. How long? I mean, uh, you know, you got to know how long have you been married, but he has three children, uh, so he's been married, he has three children, but uh, it's not going, and that lawyer can say, well, but, you know, by the guidelines, you'll owe this much in child support. You'll owe this, uh, you know, the, if you divvy up the assets, you're going to each uh, each get this or whatever it's exactly. going to be. So that when it that when the dust settles, he can say to himself, well, gee, I'm going to be living in my car. Maybe I can work this out or maybe I can be a better husband and she can be a better wife or something, sure. you know, for the sake of their kids, something along those lines. And one other thing is they go back to the caller before that. <clears throat> People seem to have a fear. You were saying... On that initial caller, you know, when somebody calls, you know, do you need to know, is the deed in the name of the mother deceased at any time did she have the kids' names on her that says if she died, it would transfer on death to her children? Because that's a different scenario. Then it wouldn't have to go through probate. If she didn't, and they continue to pay the taxes and live, they're not a problem. But if they go to sell it, then it, it's a title piece of property. At that point, it would have to be probated, right? Sure. Yes. And nothing is simple. And, and uh, again, she did not know all the facts, as I recall her telling mm-hmm. it on the air. And, and that's one of the reasons why you got to go to a lawyer. Part of the purpose of uh, practicing law is to give advice, not just to complete a divorce or complete a transaction, but to give advice. But you, you yes. often make the point you people shouldn't fear probate, right? Yes, I have said that in the past. And it depends on the jurisdiction, again. 
some jurisdictions, it's much easier to probate than other jurisdictions. Some jurisdictions, it's uh, much, much less costly than other jurisdictions. And I gave as an example ours in Mercer County, Pennsylvania. Uh, it is not uh, terribly complicated to go through uh, probate in, in our area. Plus, it can be shortcutted uh, by way of agreements uh, without going through a complete complicated uh, probate. So if everybody agrees on how the property is to be divided and so forth, uh, it becomes much simpler. Susie, you're on the air for Attorney Moses. Hello there. Hey, how you doing? Hello. You don't fine. sound like Susie to me. <laughs> well, you're, you're not pronouncing it quite right, but it's an unusual name, so that's fine. Okay, but uh, okay, then call me Debbie. Go ahead. Sure. Okay, Debbie. <laughs> um, all right, I have kind of a complicated question. I hope you'll bear with me here while I explain it. No um, problem. So I'm a translator, and I'm working on a collaboration with an author in Germany, translating some of his fiction. Uh, we're getting ready to publish. We're going to be doing e-publishing. And all the major e-publishing platforms have a policy of only paying one person. They do not pay multiple parties in the event of a collaboration. So the situation this creates for us is obviously one of us is going to have to be the one getting paid and then distributing the funds to the other. Um, that gives us kind of a problem with taxes because if it ends up going through him first, all the platforms based in America automatically withhold 30% off the top before you even get anything at all. Um, so he would be getting 70% of our total royalties to be divided amongst himself, uh, me, and a small portion for his existing publisher. Now, if I take the money... All right, uh, <laughs> go get closer to your phone. Your phone's got a little static on it. I don't know if it's a cordless yeah, I, I phone or not. I'm noticing that. I'm sorry. I'm trying to, <clears throat> okay. trying to walk through the house and find a good place for it. Well, you're, there, you're good right where you are. So if he right. goes through you, what would happen? Now, if he goes through me, um, I would be getting... a assuming I would be getting assessed United States taxes on 100% of the royalties, even though I would only ultimately end up keeping maybe 40% uh, of those or 50% of those, depending on how we work things out with his publisher. Uh, so really what I'm trying to figure out right now is just what the best way is going to be to approach this so that we can keep as much of our earnings as we possibly can uh, in light of all the hoops that have to be jumped through for international transactions. Sounds like sounds like an accounting problem more than anything else. Yeah, uh, it, it really uh, is, and uh, I have no experience with yeah. this kind of thing. I, I mean, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, as far as a lawyer is concerned, if he's handling, let's say, a personal injury case and he gets a settlement, and and let's say the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's say the law firm employs that lawyer, but the settlement check comes in the lawyer's name instead of the firm's name, which has happened, uh, and therefore the firm is the one that should be paying the taxes on it uh, if there is a taxable uh, item. Uh, it would be a matter just for the accountant to work out, and I think that's how it's resolved. So I think you've really got to talk to an accountant and and and. Find out what the best procedure would be. One thing, uh, let me ask you this, Moses. It sounds to me like, uh, on top of that, since one person's going to get the money, whether it's him or the guy in Germany, doesn't there, shouldn't there be some type of legal agreement between the two of them that everybody signs off on as far as who's getting what as opposed to a trust issue? I'm assuming, from the way he's describing that, that there would be that type of an agreement. In writing. Am I correct? Um, we're, we're waiting to nail everything down, basically, until we determine who's going to be the person um, receiving 
payment from the platform and then distributing to the others because whether he receives it first or I receive it first will make a difference in uh, how much of a cut the German publisher gets. Do you have an um, accountant and a lawyer? I do not, and that was part of the reason why I was hoping to talk to you folks because I thought maybe you could recommend someone uh, in that field that I could talk to and who would um, be better off with uh, with international issues like um, right. where that Germany and the United States yeah. have a reciprocal tax agreement, where, but I don't know how that would affect this or if it would or, or any of that. Where, where do you reside? I'm in Niles. And it seems to me that... Uh, the best type of a person would be, and there are lawyers who are also accountants, who are also CPAs uh, and tax lawyers. I, I think you've got to go to one of those specialists, and uh, I, I don't have anybody in mind right now, and I practice in Pennsylvania. My thought would be uh, perhaps call our firm and, uh, and ask for uh, Dave Beatrice and ask him uh, for the, right, name, the, name, the name of a person he could refer you to. Okay. Yeah, he w- he would know something like that. But you're going to get everything in writing, and it's not going to be a trust thing, correct? Absolutely. All right. And uh, what are you doing, like German German pornography? <laughs> that would probably be more lucrative than what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> we're doing uh, science fiction. Is there a lot of money in that? Well, uh, I'm not entirely sure, really. Um, his work has won several prizes in Germany for top science fiction in the country, um, and. I think it has a lot of potential myself. I've been an avid reader of science fiction my whole life. I'm familiar with what sells and what generally doesn't. And I really think it's going to go over well. Mm -hmm. Uh, The biggest problem that German authors face with bringing their work to America is to actually hire a translator in advance to do the work. Uh, The individual authors usually don't have the kind of money to expend on that. And publishers aren't really interested in having a work translated on their own behalf because they have absolutely no guarantee that it's going to do well, and they don't want to lay out that cash in advance. So the ideal situation is for the translator and the author to work together and then split the royalties afterward, which is what this gentleman and I have agreed to do. So he would send, like he would send you his manuscript written in what German, and you would translate it. That's right. And boy, you must be good at Germany, uh, speaking German. I lived in Germany for two and a half years. It was what I majored in. Um, I've been largely translating medical documents and um, patents since then, which it's, it's decent work, but I'll tell you, the problem is it's very feast or famine. So I'll get maybe a month where I'm up to my eyeballs in work and mm-hmm. up to my eyeballs in associated stress, and then I'll have three or four months where I have absolutely nothing. So I have to save as much as I can in that month and then parse it out over the next however long it goes before the next rush comes in. Now, these guys in engineering, they have a German name for me. They say it, it, it means my special one when they call it to me. Now, the, the German word that they use is Doomkopf. Does that mean my special one? <laughs> That's what they call Doomkopf? me. Yeah, they, yeah, they <laughs> say, here comes that Doomkopf. And I say, what does that mean in Germany? And they say, oh, that's a compliment. We're calling you special. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll go with that. Just the opposite, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so like, because I always say, well, thank you. Your doom cough is here, <laughs> right? Is that? Uh, I mean, you're a translator. So yeah, they... we'll, we'll we'll just go with that. Tell them the truth. <laughs> um, tell you what, I, I could teach you some even better ones, but I'm not sure they get through the censors. <laughs> hey, we wouldn't know the difference. All right, man. Thanks. What a unique situation. Yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping it wasn't too weird for you, but thank no. you for the advice. Do, I it, do it right because it's very important to you. So do it right and get a specialist in Absolutely. that area. Absolutely. I'll I'll yeah. talk to Mr. Beatrice tomorrow. All right, that's a cool thing, man. I mean, that's 
Cole, News Radio 570 WKBN. Ken, you're on with Attorney Moses, 544, News Radio 570 WKBN. Hello there. Hello, Ken. Okay. I have a question about my employees' withholdings. Uh, he's currently in arrears to child support, but he has a he lives with a woman that has kids, okay? So in essence, I'm withholding very little federal income tax from his paycheck. Is that legal? Well, he fills out the W-9, correct? Correct, but he fixes it so, like, you know, they have a special amount they withhold. So, in essence, instead of the money going to his child supporting arrears, it's not going to the federal government to be dispersed at this time of year because of the earned income credit. He virtually withholds, like, no taxes, but then he files his income tax at the end of the year. He gets, like, a $900 earned income credit goes on. You know, it would be his refund, but it goes to the child support. Is that legal, or I'd be required to withhold the the proper amount? Well, first of all, the, the, it should go to child support. If you got a refund coming, I know this, it, and you'll support it, yeah, it automatically correct. should be snagged and and go to that. But he has an accounting question too. Really. Yeah, you've got to talk to your accountant. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and you should ask like a CPA <laughs> sure. on that because sure. I guess you know if if you fill it out, you could put down how many deductions you want to take, right? I mean, you're you're holding out what you should for Social Security, Medicare, and everything else, right? Yeah, I'm I'm doing the proper amount for Social Security and Medicare, and I'm paying the matching the matching amounts to right. go with the. Uh, but he, but is he but is Medicare. he claiming zero deductions? It's it's he's actually getting. Less held out than zero deductions because he because he would end up receiving something like uh, well, probably around three or four thousand dollars income tax refund, and then well instead of paying tax in, he's getting his his return would be like nine hundred dollars instead of the uh, three or four thousand return right. in essence. But a refund might so in be, essence, he's, a refund he's, is he's not, overpaying. He's not in arrears on his income tax. I'm just kind of wondering if I'm kind of like. Kind of a, uh, a loophole where he's kind of where I could get caught in it some way. Yeah, you better why, ask a CPA. Yeah. That's why you've got to talk to your. Yeah, opponent. that's a little complicated there because yes. I just started thinking. You know, the government's always wanting to. So in essence, he's kind of withholding the. I'm paying him more in his paycheck than what his return what it should be because. Yeah, and don't call the government. Call a CPA and ask a question. I'll call a CPA. That's a good question. That's the best. Yeah, and idea don't call there. the government because then you'd be calling Moses asking, uh, you know, how long you got to do in hard time. Oh, I don't. I'm not doing anything wrong. You know, he's sure he's you're not, not in arrears on his taxes, but maybe you know. Have you recently written kind of a, a gray area? Have you recently written a large check to a porn movie actress for silence? Uh, no, he's not the president. Okay, just checking. All right. Yes, sir. Thank okay, you. well, thank you. All right. I guess, I guess I'm the only other guy who's ever done that. Uh, just kidding. News Radio 570 WKBN 547 and Ron Verb. Let me talk to you for a second about Hometown Pharmacy. Hometown Pharmacy. And the website is thehometownpharmacies.com. Locally owned. They've always been part of your neighborhood. You can enjoy free delivery to your workplace or office Monday through Friday. And make sure you check in at Hometown Pharmacy. They've got a free vitamin program for kids and seniors. Of course, they'll fill your prescriptions in 15 minutes or less guaranteed. So there's no drop it off and come back and get it later. And always with competitive prices, personalized service. So skip the chain pharmacies. Meet your local pharmacist at Hometown Pharmacy. With package med packs for assisted living homes and 14 locations to serve you. And the Hometown Pharmacy proudly combines a variety of services 
Personalized care and high-quality products. Their locations are equipped with knowledgeable, friendly staff who strive to help you reach your health and wellness goals, so they promote healthy living throughout the community and take an active role in giving back. They're excited to serve you and your family with the personal care really you deserve. Whether that's a prescription or maybe something over-the-counter, they can give you some feedback on that. Did you know taking aspirin may lower your risk of having a heart attack? However, it's not appropriate treatment for everyone. Aspirin works by stopping clots from forming in your veins, thereby preventing a blockage from traveling to your heart muscle. If you have a heart attack, stroke, or even at risk for a heart attack, your doctor will likely recommend a daily aspirin unless you have an allergy or history of bleeding. They usually recommend a daily dose, around 81 mg's tablets to protect the heart. It's important to note that you shouldn't start daily aspirin therapy on your own. While taking occasional aspirin is safe for most adults to treat pain or fever or using aspirin daily can have serious side effects. So don't start daily aspirin if you take blood thinners or suffer from a bleeding ulcer. Ask your hometown pharmacist for guidance on weighing the risks versus the benefits of aspirin therapy and suggestions on other lifestyle changes that help your heart stay healthy. Your hometown pharmacist, 14 locations to serve you. News Radio 570 WKVN. Jason, you're on with Moses tonight. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Um, I've got a question. Um, My life has been changing a little bit here lately, and I'm divorced, and our divorce agreement is that uh, I have two kids, and my kids are older, uh, 15 and going on 13. And the agreement is that we get joint custody seven days a week, you know, every other week. But uh, she hasn't seen the kids. She's, she's kind of changing her lifestyle. She's got a new boyfriend, and they're, they're working on bake, making a business. So she's pretty much focused all her life on him, and she's only seen the kids nine days, I counted, since December uh, December 20th. Now, she gets child support from me, $40 a week, and she's also getting my son's Social Security disability check, which I believe is eight to $900 a month. Um, and I, I don't think it's fair that I'm pretty much watching the kids all the time now. And they, and they love, you know, they love spending time with me because I, I'm, I'm a cool always dude. in their lives. I'm a good father. All right. Is there a court order now? Well, I, I don't know which direction I should take this. If I should go to court and fight for full custody, my question. Or if I should, my question is: Is there a pending court order? Is there a present court order? Yeah. Um, Shared parenting. Yeah. The the court order is you know that I pay the child support. Um, now the social security disability checks I never refuted, even though. With equal sharing time, I should get half of that money. And I, I wouldn't spend it because I make enough money on my own to take care of them. It would go into a bank account just for him and his future. Um, but, you know, she's she's a little bit, I, I don't know how to put it on the air, but, you know, she's not, she's not all there, and she's kind of very selfish about her life. Um, now she says she's hoping to build a better future so that they can come and stay with her more and get back into that routine. But my brother moved down to live with me and to help support me so that I would have someone here to watch the kids. And I just bought this house last month. So I've got a nice, big, beautiful house for them. You know, it's a, it's a regulated lifestyle for them. <clears throat> but I don't know which 
which legal action I should take. You're going to have to go see DeVecchio or get a family law lawyer to see if he needs to go back to court, right? Exactly. I mean, that's been what I've said to prior callers also. You've got to get advice. There's no simple answer, and there are a lot of facts that you have to present to the attorney and then get advice. Uh, For example, uh, uh, you're asking, well, what should I do? Should I go back to court or shouldn't I go back to court? Well, a lawyer can tell you if you do go back to court, what what may happen if you go back to court under your circumstances and uh, and your circumstances could be complicated. It might depend on uh, what the prior court order said, whether the division of uh, custody is equal between the two of you. And, yeah, it's, it's equal. All it's right. 50, 50. Well then, then the question might be, uh, is it feasible to go and ask the judge, ask the court uh, after you present evidence uh, to give you more time uh, with the children or to have the children stay with you permanently and uh, allow the mother to to uh, have partial custody uh, or visitation. So there are lots of different options, and, and you're just going to have to get advice. Right, but it's questions you should maybe pursue because you're saying you, you have custody most of the time, and uh, maybe you feel you, you should be getting... More of or that of course well, I, you know the, 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 I don't think I don't think I should pay child support because I have the children and that money's supposed to go you know to help raise them right well that would and, be that would be an issue that would be another issue in other words when you're in front of the court you'd present that type of evidence and okay. perhaps the court would change the uh, child support uh, order but then on the other Hold hand on, well, Anna, I'm on the phone yeah, but then again you pay what forty dollars a month uh, a week. All right, so you don't pay very much. You might, no. and on the other hand, she might say, "Fine, bring them here every other week, and then you, because uh, I'm not going to go through this, you know." Right, and then you know, I, I don't want, I don't want to force. I know that's what she'll do just for the money. Right. But, so um, then, why? It's, what, not, it's not about actually spending time with the kids. So then, why rattle a hornet's nest, if you will? Well, because. I know she's just blowing his disability check. All right. Well, then, then, I, then I want them to right. be you need invested. To get, you need to get a lawyer and pursue it. Then, seriously. Well, do I do I pursue going after the the money or the 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 time the the? Well, ask your. Uh, you'd have to ask a lawyer on that to see what the what they say. Yeah, they're free consultations. You know, call call Mark DeVecchio or a family law lawyer. Mark's at the firm, Beatrice Coppenhart. Yes, he, he focuses on this type of law, and that's what you ought to do. Call him at our, our firm. Okay. Okay. He can guide you. That would be the answer for you. News Radio 570 WKBN, Ron Verb with Carl Moses, inviting you to the Sunday brunch at the Links at Firestone Farms. Now, the Sunday brunch at Firestone Farms is from 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. Reservations are not required, but if you've got a large group, you should call to check availability. And don't forget, for the Sunday brunch at the Links at Firestone Farms, adults are twelve ninety five. This is from 10 till 2. Children's uh, age 6 to 11 are seven ninety five. Five and under are free. And uh, they also have beer, wine for you as well. But listen to what your choices are for the Sunday brunch at Firestone Farms. Carved roast turkey breasts, seafood casserole, beef and broccoli. They do uh, candied yams, bacon and sausage, baked oatmeal, Italian greens, a variety of salads, made-to-order omelets and uh, plain waffles, cinnamon almond waffles, ice cream bar for you, homemade specials. 
Uh, so take advantage of that. That is your Sunday brunch from 10 till 2. You can eat to your heart's content. And really, they got breakfast food there for you. they got uh, lunch food for you. Been there myself. I think you'll enjoy it. Like I say, for adults, it is $12.95. All right? And beverage, tax, and gratuity are extra. It's at the Lynx at Firestone Farm. That's their Sunday brunch from 10 to 2. You'll find them at 105 St. Andrews in Columbiana. It's a place worth checking out. You can also check out uh, the Lynx Banquet Center Easter brunch menu uh, as well and take a look at what they have for Easter brunch. 556 News Radio 570 WKBN. Mary, you're on the air with Attorney Moses. Go ahead, please. Hi, Mary. Hi. Um, I hope you can understand me. I have a sore throat. I apologize. All right. What's your question? Uh, my question is, is there um, a limitation on time when a contractor um, sort of walks away from a job? In other words, you're talking about a contract, uh, whether there would be a statute of limitations on a breach of contract yeah. type of case. Well, in Pennsylvania, where I practice, it's generally a four-year statute of limitations. I'm not sure about Ohio. You're going to have to call maybe uh, Dave Beatrice at our firm and ask that question. But, okay, uh, do you have an attorney there that handles those types of things then? Well, he would know the answer to your question. Let me, let me just say oh, that. And okay. whether, whether he would take your case, that's up to him. He would probably yeah. ask you questions about what it entails. But... Uh, how much money is involved, approximately? Well, we bought a a house to remodel it, to make it a rental, mm-hmm. you know, for some extra income. And there's probably, well, the house only cost maybe around 30 close to 30 It was not bad. But then we probably put into it more than 40 possibly more, but at least 40000 And? And he just walked away. Um, All right, so let, let, let me comment. Let me comment. Yeah. I had a case like this years ago, and it went through a jury trial. Same wow. type of thing. The contractor walked away. He claimed he wasn't getting paid. And the other party said, well, you didn't do the job right. So we went to court, and uh, my client 